Listener Production. What are you putting in your mouth? Hey, I'm Jake Morecambe and this is The Science Briefing. And today we're talking toothpastes. So the Australian Dental Association says one in three Aussies over 15 years of age have untreated tooth decay that is easily preventable. But do you actually know what's in your toothpaste and which one you should choose? I chat to Cosmos magazine journalist Ellen Fidian to find out. Okay, let's talk toothpaste. Yay! Yay. So I do want to clear some things up, namely how to make sense of the different toothpastes that appear on the supermarket shelves, all claiming to do different things. Ultimately, which one should I end up going with? I've had exactly the same experience thinking, what on earth should I be choosing? There are things like whitening toothpastes, toothpaste for sensitive teeth, cavity protection, tartar control. And you often get things like dual or triple action, which do a bunch of different things. I think it's worth being wary of the difference between cosmetic things like whitening and medical things like cavity protection, because they often kind of get rolled into the one thing. So whiteners, for instance, some people should avoid them because they can cause a bit of enamel damage or they sometimes contain bleach, which can also be damaging to some teeth. It's a conversation with the dentist, really. Does that mean that, say, a whitening toothpaste contains slightly different things to, say, one that's trying to get rid of tartar? In general, toothpastes contain a range of different ingredients. So, like, one brand of toothpaste is going to have a different set of ingredients to another, but they all do the same jobs. Right. They've all got chemicals that are in there to, you know, manipulate the thickness, manipulate the flavor, to protect against cavities. They're all kind of, you know, falling under similar categories. So I thought now's a good opportunity to tell you what you're actually putting in your mouth when you brush your teeth. Because you did say chemicals, and I've never sort of put toothpaste and chemicals together, but that's silly because (laughs) toothpaste obviously contains chemicals. Everything is chemicals. Uh, Yes, yes. Let's run through what chemicals are in toothpastes. And we can start with one that most people will likely know, and that's fluoride. Yeah, absolutely. So I imagine you've heard arguments about fluoride in tap water. For sure. There's actually a considerably higher amount of fluoride in your toothpaste compared to what there is in drinking water. In water, we're talking sort of about one part per million. It varies place to place. In toothpaste, we're usually looking at between 1,000 and 1,500 parts per million fluoride. Right. So literally a 1,000 times more fluoride in your toothpaste. Yes, yes. Super concerning, but presumably you're ingesting a lot less toothpaste than you are ingesting water. Yes. Like if you ate a whole tube of toothpaste in one sitting, that might be enough fluoride to make you sick. You definitely need to like call the poisons information hotline, so don't do that. Um, But it's not going to kill you. Right, right. So the fluoride in your toothpaste, it can be partnered with sodium, so like sodium fluoride, or with tin, so that's called stannous fluoride. Both of those substances are going to prevent tooth decay via this thing called mineral exchange. So they basically build up the enamel on your teeth. So enamel is basically the outer layer of the tooth. There are, though, a number of types of toothpaste that don't contain fluoride. What can you tell us about those? Why don't they contain fluoride? 
there's no real good reason. It's essentially a marketing thing. Lots of like natural branded toothpastes might not have fluoride in them. Most of the best scientific evidence says that toothpastes that don't have fluoride in them don't really do all that much to prevent cavities. So there's a big Cochrane review. The biggest medical authority there is found that fluoride-free toothpastes aren't particularly good. It is worth being a bit wary of them, though, because they don't always advertise themselves as very blatantly fluoride-free. Right. So it's worth checking when you're buying toothpaste that it's actually got fluoride in it. That said, there are other decontaminators in toothpaste too. You can also see other like antibacterial things in it. So triclosan is one that pops up a bit. That's used in soaps as well. There are actually calls to ban it here in Australia in soaps because there's not that much evidence that it helps at all, but it can contribute to antibiotic resistance, which is something we really want to avoid. Right. So does that mean take it out of the toothpaste? Yeah, it's not something that's necessary in the toothpaste. It's certainly not a substitute for fluoride. Fluoride does its job very, very well. There are a bunch of other chemicals in toothpaste that aren't just for cleaning. They also allow the toothpaste to behave like toothpaste. So there are things like thickeners. Silica is a really common one in there. These things basically help the toothpaste to do its job. So when you put it on your toothbrush, it kind of keeps its shape. It stays like a solid. But then when you put it on your teeth, it turns into a liquid and it can like smooth out really, really easily. Mm. That's actually a very, very tricky thing to do chemically. So there's this whole catalog of different thickeners that can achieve that. There are also things in toothpaste called abrasives. So they are like basically these tiny microscopic solid particles that scrub the teeth and they can like scrub out bacteria and also staining agents and, you know, any bits of sugar and food left behind. The abrasives and the thickeners, they give the toothpaste these properties that we call sheer thinning. So that means when you put force onto it, it gets thinner. Companies spend a lot of time balancing these to get basically the viscosity right, because that means that the toothpaste isn't going to like run out of the tube, (laughs) but you're also not going to have to like chew on it basically to get it to do its job on your teeth. I've not put all that much thought over the years into the shape that toothpaste maintains while it's in the tube, but then also when it comes out. But hey, I guess there's an exact science to everything. Well, yeah, actually achieving something that's like a solid in one form and then changes into a liquid without any effort, that's actually really hard to do. Um, So it does take quite a bit of testing. It's also how you get those stripes that stay in toothpaste that like when you squeeze it onto the brush, you get like kind of the colours. Yeah, true. That's all to do with the sheer thinning as well. So aside from squeezing out some pretty colours, is there any other purpose to toothpaste colour or it's literally there just for aesthetics? Yeah, it's just for aesthetics. It's to make it more attractive and appealing to buy. The same goes for flavours as well, things that make it taste better. Most of the colours and flavours we use in toothpaste are additives in food and drinks as well. A really common one is sodium saccharin. So that's a sweetener that tastes like sugar but doesn't feed bacteria like sugar does. It's also worth mentioning, right, we want people to brush their teeth and they're not going to do that if toothpaste tastes really, really awful or looks really, really gross. So the colours and flavours, like they are there for aesthetic purposes, but there's also kind of a medical purpose to it. But just to clarify, the sodium saccharin is not a sugar toothpaste. It just makes it taste a bit more like sugar. Exactly. But even if they're trying to make it taste a bit nicer, um, they're not doing that so that you'll eat it. In fact, (laughs) if you look at pretty much any tube of toothpaste, you'll see that it's got 
do not swallow uh, yes. written on the tube, which I think is kind of absurd for something that goes <laughs> in your mouth. But everything is toxic if you eat enough of it. So if you ate a whole tube, that might be enough to make you a bit sick. Probably not kill you, but that's why the do not swallow thing is there. Fair, I won't eat my toothpaste. Not that I was planning to. Excellent. So, Ellen, for the first time I googled toothpaste and namely toothpaste news stories. Um, And actually one of the most recent things that popped up were toothpaste tablets. I had to look this up as well. It's kind of an interesting thing. A lot of these tablets bill themselves as being like more environmentally sustainable or better for you because they're more natural. I think whenever you hear natural on something like toothpaste or some other kind of medical product, you need to be really, really suspicious because just because it's natural does not mean it's going to be better for you. There's not a ton of regulation around these tablets just yet. Some of them might do the job as well as toothpaste, but there's not very much evidence. And a lot of them are fluoride-free, which, like I said before, that's one of the main things that's protecting your teeth. So probably not a good idea to rely on these things just yet. Toothpaste really is the frontline defense we have against tooth decay. Toothpaste is one of the things, theoretically, you are ingesting most regularly because you're doing it once or twice a day. So it's not a bad thing to know a little bit more about the chemicals that you're just putting in your mouth every day. Ellen Fidian is a journalist for Cosmos Magazine. You can read more of Ellen's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. Mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Jack Morecambe. See you next time. Hold up. 